1: My guest today is Om Rupani. He is a New York-based photographer, writer, and sex educator. He's been teaching workshops and coaching people in the sensual arts and BDSM for over 10 years. His new book, Prerequisites to Ecstasy, deals with the common obstacles he sees couples getting entangled in. Obstacles that prevent them from going deeper into their relating and their sensuality. Well, isn't that so perfect? Om Rupani, welcome to Sex and Happiness.
0: Nice to be here again, Larry.
1: Yeah, it's wonderful to have you. I love the book. I, I didn't say this, but I'm one of the readers of the book, the editors of the book, the critics of the book, before the book yeah. came A couple
0: at. people dearly trusted to give me feedback before yeah. finishing
1: Yes, and I loved I loved most of it. I had a little feedback about the last chapter or so, but most of it, I learned stuff by reading it. Listen to what he did, everybody. Om sent out this big thick book, prerequisites to ecstasy, and he mailed it in a big envelope to his trusted friends with a red pen. And he said, "Fire away. Critique, change, mark it up, do whatever." And I did. <laughs> and a few other people I know did but I I loved it
0: having somebody give proper editorial feedback is a big gift for a writer so I'm very grateful for that
1: yeah that's great I did the same thing when I was writing my book I don't think I knew you yet I think I just was about to meet you at around the same time that my book was coming out Uh, around 2005 or six in New York that's around the time we met and that's right around the time that my book uh, was coming out after having it published in India, so i didn 't know you to do it, but I did do it with ten friends I gave them, but I did it differently. I gave them each two chapters, and I told them to fire away on two chapters because I needed it back in a hurry anyway. I love what you did. I love the book let 's talk about it let 's first of all let 's define our terms um, Let's say what BDSM is, because I think there are more than one definition.
0: Well, traditionally, BDSM, you know, even traditionally, I think it has stood for uh, multiple words. I have a whole chapter in my book uh, going into like, what the hell is kink anyway? And I kind of play around with all the words that these four letters can stand for. B can be for bondage, D can be for discipline, but... D is also for domination, S can be for sadism, S can be for submission, M can be for masochism. So it's kind of a conglomerate. There's a lot that goes under that umbrella.
2: I
1: like to call it DS, domination and submission play.
0: Yeah, that's my preferred entry point, because I feel domination and submission, as I explain in the book, is kind of, to me, the... The overarching umbrella under which all kink occurs. You can have domination and submission without an ounce of pain or discipline or sadism or masochism. Or you bondage. Can do, yeah, you can you can do it in a very central way. It doesn't have to include any of the heavier scenes that we think are usually come with this realm. So but I think the domination and submission archetypes, two people Engaging with each other, each holding one of these two archetypes is where the game is. So if, if, if uh, you need a clearer starting point, simply start with D and S, dominance and submission.
1: Okay. I like it. and like it. And I like making things simple for people because, I, you know, I a lot of my, my listeners have heard about BDSM before. I've certainly done a number of shows on it, not only the show I did with you. Right. But it really just helps to clear up the terminology and have people get it. You know, just get it. That And the other piece is that it's DNS
0: play could be sensual and sexual without being sexual. Absolutely. I mean, even most of the time, I, I'm going to take a gander and say this broadly. I would say most people who practice DS play. I think this might be safe to say. I would say at least 50% of the scenes actually don't even involve sex. So if you are, I mean, people who do DS, at least myself included and people I know, they're not fixated on sexual acts per se. They are really more fixated on everything else that can come out in this exploration. Yeah. So that's absolutely true. You can do DS. You can have an entire DS, long-term DS relationship with somebody and never engage in oral sex or intercourse let's put it that way is that clear enough
1: yeah that's great thank and you and it can
0: be a very thriving relationship it it can be a very complex relationship it can be a a relationship that has more of an evolutionary arc than so many of the so-called regular relationships and it can be extremely sensual and erotic without explicitly going into those uh, sexual acts
1: well, hopefully we're going to find out a little bit more about that today as we discuss your book because I, I know people have a tremendous interest, especially because they you know, saw that terrible movie <laughs> or read that terrible book Yeah. Um, so you know, I know there's a tremendous interest out there, I'm glad the book was written it woke up the the um, what we, The typical housewife, if there is such a thing anymore, house husband, if there is such a thing anymore, it woke yeah. up like the middle sector of society like, to the fact that there's more than just kiss, kiss, hug, hug, fuck, fuck. You know. <laughs> I
0: don't agree with you. I'm not a huge fan of the book. I think the book does a big disservice to the. Uh, the true nature and depth of what DS play is, there's a lot of, uh, there are many things the book is off. I don't want to go into a dissertation of what's everything that's wrong with the book, but I, I am also very grateful that this book came out and it created this resonance with the general public. And I think it, it kind of did a leaping point, because truth be told, women have been reading romance novels since there have been romance novels. Women have been reading those uh, covers you see with the Fabio and grabbing a buxom woman and ravishing her. So these romance novel themes have been in the female psyche since Jane Austen and going back. And the theme of a powerful man kind of coming into your life and overwhelming you and you having to surrender to him, these, these themes are running through the female psyche and the romance literature through through and through. They've been there all along.
1: Yes, I, I once did the show a show on that.
0: Explicit. Yeah, it kind of makes it a bit more explicit. It kind of brings it into the current terminology and ways of engaging that fantasy, that desire, that very deep erotic impulse. So it's it's kind of a break and it's also kind of a continuation, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, it's great. Listen, that's why you wrote your book. You know what I mean? That when there's one book or two books or three books out there, then you get to write your book with your point of view. Yeah. And And your point of view gives people exercises. It asks questions that are so oh my god they 're so thought provoking I mean I just I was reading it and going, "Wow, wow, wow so i 'm going to try to come back to the parts I like the best, but let 's talk a little bit about your background before okay. we get to the actual details of the book and sure. why people should get it so you know you were you're a photographer, you came from India to Houston, Texas, to grow up. You went to Boston to college, and then you landed in New York as an artist. And yes. so, how did you, you know, what provoked you to meet me? That put you on somewhat of a journey. Then you met others that put you on somewhat of a journey. How, why?
0: Again, as I as I explain in my book, when I go into my biography, the my, my journey started on entirely for entirely personal and selfish reasons. I've been in a wonderful long term relationship with the same woman now. I think it's been twenty eight years. It's hard for me to actually keep count. We it's, met it's in sophomore of our college. At BU, and so as many long-term couples, we kind of reached a point where we felt the sensual life could use could use a little boost, could use a little novelty and expansion, and so we started looking at what was available, and what was available was you. (laughs) That's great. You were one of the first people I found when I basically searched and says what are people doing in sensuality, and one big category that comes up in this search is people are pursuing modern tantra. Right. You have done amazing work, and there are other good uh, Tantra teachers, Charles Muir is one of them, Barbara Carreras, and many other teachers who are bringing the spiritual element, the sacred element into sensuality and saying yes to it. They have done an enormous service uh, creating a big yes for the women in society to come in and say yes to their sex. They've created great safe spaces all women's spaces oftentimes, so that women can come and you know get this next piece for themselves. They have had so much success in the other areas of their life, in education, in finances, in career, but the sens- sensual aspect is still kind of on the back burner. There isn't any great modern movement to evolve our sex for men or for women. And I think teachers like you and other wonderful Tantra teachers have really done a great service first and foremost holding that space for women and then for everybody for couples
1: thank you so thank you.
0: that was my starting point yeah in uh, in the central journey and kind of and, I, and as i as you can describe me to others and as i confess about myself in the book i'm kind of a geek i'm a nerd <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a i you know i used to be a locker in my head when you met me so my approach tends to be you know kind of methodical and cerebral okay like okay We need to make our sex life better. Okay, let's get get to it. What's there? What can we do? What are other people doing? What's possible? So I basically took workshops. I tried. I read, and kind of I started a whole trek.
1: Well, you know, you're but you're. I mean, you have come one eighty. I just have have. to say, you've come totally (laughs) one eighty degrees since I met you. I mean, you, you did. You were just trying to wrap your thoughts around right. it when I first met you and now you wrap your arms around it. Now you're touchable, you're holdable, you're huggable, you make great eye contact, you have a presence, you have a power. Before it was just like you were like a talking head. <laughs>
0: you know, yeah, and I feel I mean, instead of taking in a one eighty, I almost feel how I see it is like my range has expanded. The head is still there. The head is good for understanding. The head is good for writing. The head is good for explaining things to other people and teaching. But the practice itself, it's it's a feeling based practice. It's a body based experience and uh that's kind of what i'm giving to other people these days. i'm trying to get other people out of their heads these days. It's wonderful. Well, that's why we're going
1: to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with you, and then we're going to talk about your book and um uh, and some of the real goodies that are in it. So, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm speaking with my dear friend Om Rupani. Um We're just in each other's lives. I mean, we are in each other's lives like closest of close, uh, even though I live all the way in Phoenix and he still lives in New York City. And it doesn't matter when I'm in New York City. I can't be there without seeing him and his significant other, a person also that I love. So we're going to be talking about his new book, Prerequisites to Ecstasy. It has a lot to do with how couples can get unstuck. And this is a big problem today. So it's not only that women now have been given permission to have sex and to be sensual and whatever, but now what are men doing? Because they got pretty, they got a bad end of the deal from the women's movement and they kind of don't know what to do at all. And Om has a lot to say about that. So stay tuned. We will be right back.
0: Sexual.
3: My question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra Safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about ten minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, Please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show.
4: Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handler's right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handler's only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to ButterflyWorkshops.com. That's ButterflyWorkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness.
2: I want to talk to you about
1: the craziest and most inventive sex toy or sex enhancement that I've come upon in a long time. It's called Love Writer, L-U-V-R-Y-D-R. That's L-U-V-R-Y-D-R, Love Rider. So I know the couple that invented it. They never intended to invent it. They stumbled upon it. And isn't that how most things go in life? The subtitle to Love Rider is Grab the Bar and Ride Your Lover Wild. And I want to tell you that I've had multiple experiences with Love Rider. I've taken it all around the world and I've had lovers experience it. I've given it to them overnight and told them to come back and tell me their experience with it, and every one of them comes back with a raving report. It's a harness that the person receiving puts around their shoulders, either forwards or backwards, whatever. It depends on what position you want to use a love writer in. And the person who's giving, the penetrator, takes the handlebar like they're riding a horse and they lean back and they get amazing angles of penetration from using this device. It's hard to describe, but I want to encourage you to go there and look it up. Listen, my lover gave it a five and a half stars out of five. That's all I got to say. So go to loverider.com and look for this beautiful invention and you can use... My name, if you call them, or you can use my code Butterfly Workshops, letting them know that you heard about Love Rider through me. That's Loverider.com L U V R Y D R. We're back with Sex and Happiness. Again, I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing Om Rupani, who was a New York based photographer and now writer and sex educator. Did I say? And sex educator. And he's been teaching workshops about 10 years. By the way, we have a workshop we created together called Tantra Meets BDSM. And what a great course that is. We we gave it to a sellout crowd in Montreal uh, not too long ago. And we can come to an area near you. So just putting a little plug for that right up front. <laughs> so OM... Um, you know, I thought the book was amazing. I thought some of the questions in it were amazing. What's the basic premise?
0: The basic premise is you need a solid foundation of relating with another human being before you build kind of a sensual life for them. I see a lot of people falling down. A lot of people come to me for specifically for sensual health. They say, well... You teach BDSM, you teach other sensuality practices, Um, give us some tips. And I'm happy to give people the physical education. That's my, I love doing that. I love teaching hands-on classes. But where I see people falling apart over and over is not in uh, not being able to master the physical techniques or being able to learn new methods of sensuality. It is all the ways in which they are sabotaging each other, all the ways they are simply not supporting their relationship and not really a stand for each other's sensual growth. So it's very frustrating. It's like trying to build something on a very weak foundation when I'm coaching couples if they don't have a solid foundation. So this book kind of goes into the problems I see coming up over and over. This particular book is kind of more a relation book than a BDSM book.
1: Yes, it is. Now, would you say that it's... Values that clash like they don't have a values match or would you say that it's Communication skills that they lack
0: I think it's communication skills. I think it's life skills. I think they are the skills required quite frankly have a deeply spiritual dimension I think people are becoming increasingly narcissistic these days. I think people are becoming increasingly uh, Dismissive of each other. I don't think people are like committing to each other less and less the, the mentality I see is what can I take from this other? And if this person isn't giving me what I need, I'm just going to move on to the other one, next one. And I, I see this real shallowness of interaction between people, which is actually, you know, quite heartbreaking to watch in itself. And it is absolutely nothing you can build deep sex on. You can build casual relationships. You can, you can build a one night stand with a flick of your finger. But, you know, that really doesn't mean much to me. My inquiry in this thing has been, what can we really build long-term? I, ju-
1: I just remembered that the last time I interviewed you, you had a play that was
0: showing in New York City, and it was about this very this thing. thing. Yeah, this is a team that's kind of, you know, it's, I feel it's kind of my life team. I've been facing it in my own life, and it's kind of where my mind is occupied, and it's I feel this is where I can contribute best to other people's lives. If all you want is, you know, uh, how learn how to seduce and get somebody in bed for one night? Please don't come to me. I got nothing for you. Go to the go to the pickup artist and hone your skills on OKCupid and Tinder. And God bless you and have fun and be safe. I'm not interested in helping anybody do any of that. I myself have absolutely no idea how to do any of that. I I actually don't consider myself particularly good at seducing anyone. I'm a shy person. I'm an introvert. I don't know how to talk anybody up. I don't know how to smooth talk anybody. You can say many things about me, Laura You've known me more than a decade so far. You can say many things about me. Smooth talking and suave probably would not make the cut. No, that's it's not who you are. <laughs> that's not, not what I do. But I'm interested in people really going into the depths of their eros, And the people who are interested in that, they need a strong foundation with each other. Well, they need a deep level of trust and they need to clean house in their relationship before they can go further in Eros because it's kind of a hot thing to build. You know, the analogy might be it's like not only it's like a heavy building that needs a heavy foundation, but it's like this building set, sets itself on fire from time to time. So it kind of does not only it needs to be solid, it kind of needs to be fireproof on top of that. Right. It needs to be like storm proof because sex is hot, sex is crazy. You explore your eros more deeply with a partner, everything comes up, and if your if your house is not strong, you will just crumble and you know go go your merry way of disappointed, trying to look look for answers with the next person, and chances are same things usually repeat themselves with the next person.
1: Well, I want to say about what I would say about you is I would say that I trust you with my life, I trust you with my body, and I trust you, uh, and I actually find you more interesting to hang out with and relate to than most people that I know, which is why whenever I'm in New York, I'm hanging out with you. So... It's not, you know, who knew that? We didn't know that when we met in 2006 or whenever we met. We didn't know that that was going to happen, but that's just the way it is. And we've certainly been through some stuff. Right. uh, But that's just, that's who it is. I I hold you in the highest regard. And I actually had my first DS experimentation with you because you said you were getting into it. And I thought... And you said, why don't you come and try a, a scene with me, try a, try a session. And I thought, well, if I'm going to try a session with anybody, I'm going to try it with you.
0: Right. And I am honored, flattered, and happy to be able to hold that position for you.
1: Yeah, and I've told many, many people about it. I mean, I, I just said, you know, for me at the time, it's already years ago, too, that, we, that we, you were still in the apartment in the lower right. in In, lower in men-
0: downtown, yeah. yeah, on Granite Street.
1: And uh, I had this very sensual experience with you. And then I had to go to the New Life Expo. (laughs) I remember just feeling really, really grounded, like really embodied. I was in a cab in New York City going uptown from your place. And I just felt so grounded. Like I felt probably more embodied than I had ever felt before in my life up until that moment. And another mutual friend of ours called me while I was in the cab and said, how was your session with (laughs) Ohm? And I said, uh, yeah, I feel really embodied, like boom, 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 boom. You know, and she said, oh, wasn't wasn't it great? You know, would you have another one with somebody? And I went, I don't know if I'd go that far. All I know is that that was great. Right. and of course since that time I've experimented and had some partners who like stuff like that and so I've gotten more into it uh, myself but I, I never knew that my life would go that way and probably it wouldn't have if I didn't know you
0: right, Laurie the discovery you made is exactly the same discovery I made I think anybody who gets into DS kind of makes this discovery everybody discovers wow that's not what I thought it was people have so many bad notions of what this area is but you know it is actually a very it's beautiful, it's grounding, it's embodied it, it it can take you high and it can just bring you back home
1: Well, what and again,
0: to do that without uh you, you, literally you can do it while still keeping your clothes on, so that's something right,
1: right, right, what I learned when we did the course together you know, I'm a Tantra teacher so you know, everything is about eye gazing and taking yourselves to another plane and being blissed out and, you know, sitting in yab Yum in the position where the woman straddles the man and it's, you know, you spend hours breathing together. And then when we did the BDSM tantra course in Montreal, I found out that people could get just as blissed out by tying each other up. Absolutely. And by giving some spanking.
0: yeah. Yeah, and I firmly believe those two phenomenons are actually not disconnected. It's not like two separate things are happening in our body. I think all these practices are, are impacting us in similar ways. We only have what I call one inner container. There is one inner system in our body and we can check in at any point and see what our inner container is doing. And when any practice is beneficial when we find any practice to be grounding, when we find any practice to be arousing, it is basically impacting that container in a certain way. And to some degrees, there's a lot of overlap. Many practices kind of have similar impacts on our, our system. Many different things can ground you, many different things can arouse you, many different things can push your edges. And rope play, getting tied up for 10 minutes can you know be more centering than sitting in meditation for an hour for some people.
1: That's so true. <laughs> that is so true. Well, I remember two things in, stick out in particular. One is when you came here and gave the talk, when you came to Arizona, yes. my students came here, my Tantra students, and they, they, some of them were mad. They were like, what does this have to do with Tantra? And I right. said, well, just listen to this man and you will see. And they walked out feeling great. They went you to come back which you're going to come back in early 2018 they want you to come back and and do some classes because they got it they actually got how exciting it is they got how much they could discover about themselves from it some of them had private sessions with you right it was awesome the other thing that i found out was really how close the practice of tantra is to the to the practice of bdsm the way you do it I can't say that for every single person who practices BDSM, possibly like, Barbara Carellis, somebody I interviewed recently called Donorama. He has a, a really high regard for people getting into DNS. But then there's people out there who, you know, saw the movie, read the book, and they're tying people up and spanking them, and they don't know what they're doing. It's not right. safe, and it's not that grounding.
0: Yeah, I think there, you know, there are a lot of people and you know, God bless them all each, but everyone is on their own journey, but there is a lot of getting fascinated simply by the shiny tools and implements that are used in the dungeon and people kind of forget. They forget the interpersonal element. They forget that this is actually about handling a human being and not simply swinging your flogger. That's one of the kind of you know, beginner mistakes a lot of people make, especially a lot of people who think they want to be doms, they think it's about using every every toy in my toy bag in every scene. Uh, or they just, yeah, they get carried away just in the in the persona of it. Mm-hmm. They kind of forget that this is actually about two human beings. It's about relationship, but it's about connecting deeply with another human being. This is a very intimate play. So, I think as long as you keep your focus on the humanity of it, you're kind of golden, but the same people who probably have trouble with intimacy in their vanilla life can show up in the DS world and then use the mechanics of DS to kind of keep their partners at a distance. So the, the fault is not in BDSM, the fault is in human beings. Right, well. You're out of touch, whatever you do will be out of touch. If you have trouble with intimacy, you could do any practice from you know Tantra to BDSM to anything, a ballroom dancing and you can keep your you can give a cold shoulder to your partner and really not then feel held. So I think that's also partly the reason behind writing this book, that I need I want people to have that foundation, have that really big yes for each other's journey, and then we can really play.
1: So let's find out what a couple of the common obstacles are that you see people getting entangled in. You just named a few, like using something to keep people at a distance. Right. keep your partner at a distance, being so, it's like intimacy averse, <laughs> you <Right>. know, <laughs> intimacy intolerant. People right. people are so, um, partially they're in their head, but partially they're so frightened of intimacy and frightened of being rejected, for, and some people are frightened of being seen. Right. So what else do you see? I mean, I see that often, and I also see just plain fear and being bottled up with trauma.
0: Right. I mean, I can, I can tell you the solution I have for people when I encounter them, and this is is getting them started in separating their archetypes, getting them to feel into their system and say, what do you resonate more with, with taking control or giving up control? Pick a side and move in that direction. Mm. I think that, I think that trouble most people are in, that most people have no idea how to lead, nor do they know how to follow. They're terrified to take control, they're terrified to give up control. And they're stuck in the middle. They're like, their negotiations never end. They're constantly stuck negotiating and fighting. Half the time they don't even know what they're fighting for, and they just don't know how to break out of it. And one great gift that even the most basic DS scene can give you is it will it will tear you apart from your bickering and say one of you move to the dump and one of you move to the sub end and for ten minutes Go deeper into these archetypes and play out a scene and that can really clean out people's fields. It can really clear their heads Just for a limited amount of time Just step up and take control and just for a limited amount of time step up and give up control to your lover just give it the hell up. That and is... I, just that's having awesome. that invitation can open up a huge door for people.
1: Well, thank you for that. That is beautiful. Now, we're going to need to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other chapters in the book and then how people can reach you, how they can get the book, etc. I'm sure it's on Amazon. and yes. uh, Yeah, so we'll talk about that. But uh, I want to take a short break here. This is Laurie Handler's. You're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm interviewing Om Rupani. And we're just having a grand old time talking about the connection between DS and everything else. Like Like it could solve... Some of your relationship situations, just as Tandra could solve them, and you could go in either direction and possibly come out grounded, intimate, and same. So stay tuned for a little bit more information on this very same thing.
2: As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensify sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with the Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add, trust me on this, I love my Sibian. Go to com. that's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com, or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 6135 and say Lori Handler has told you about Sibion. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for men. That's Venus, V E N U S, for men.
4: Many times on Sex and Happiness, you've heard Lori talk about emotional release and how important it is. Well, now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. In Lori's CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her sacred sexuality courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order the Shamanic Release and Lottie Han CD by Lori Handlers, go to www.butterflyworkshops.com right now.
1: Do you want to deepen your intimacy while being on the perfect vacation? I'm talking about an all-inclusive vacation with a nude beach, a prude beach, and an exceptional nightlife and plenty of entertainment. In really fun classes every day, I will take you deeper and deeper into couples sensuality, into intimacy and enhanced communication as the week progresses. I also will offer private or semi-private sessions by appointment. I'll offer sessions in sex magic, G-spot stimulation, female ejaculation and men's ejaculation choice. When? October 14th to the 21st, 2017. Where? Hedonism 2 Resort in Negril, Jamaica. For more information or to book your room, call Tom's Trips at 800-285-0853. That's 800-285 0853. Please book now. I can't wait to be with you in Jamaica. We're back with Sex and Happiness and I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing Om Rupani, who is a talented photographer, writer and sex educator and somebody that I trust with my life. I don't say that about a lot of people. So Om Let's talk about some of the things that you cover in some of the chapters, like what are some of the subheadings or things that people would be looking into if they purchased the book.
0: Okay. Do you want to start me off on some topic? Or?
1: Well, I, you know, I don't have it in front of me now. I just remember being enthralled about some of the negotiations, some of the things that people need to ask each other. And maybe aren't asking each other. Um, I think it was some of that was that part. I I know there was one. There was a big aha for me, but I probably incorporated it into my life already. <laughs> so, <Okay>. I, <laughs> you know, I'm easy that way. Like if I find something that's good, I just take it, put it in, and use it right away. I don't. I hear you. I'll
0: be the same. Way. I mean, if you find something good, why wait? Yeah. I, I never understand people who find something good and then show up again for six months. I'm like, how can you do that? But each to his own.
1: Yeah, exactly. How is it? To me, I'm blown away when people, when I have somebody who's a Tantra student, they get so much out of the course and then they get in a relationship and they don't right. bring their partner to, co- to the class. What is that? Right. You I know, you. I, w- why wouldn't you want your partner to have the same skills as you have? It's ridiculous. So anyway, that always is a that's always a big stump, you know, stumper for yeah. me. It's just like crazy. So, really, some of the conversations that people have to have uh, 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 in terms of negotiations.
0: Well, this is something I don't know. if This is specifically in the book. I think we are we are talking more about BDSM, and the book is so much about relationship. But let me talk about this. This might actually. Help your listeners if they are new to this inquiry. So people always ask, well, how do, how do I get started in this, in this realm? And the best answer to this is seek mentorship, but uh, come to class, learn because uh, you need some mentorship. You need to see what this looks like. But if you want to get started on your own, do what I just uh, described, you know, before the break that see which person wants to take control, which person wants to give up control. And for as short as a 10-minute scene, simply go in that direction. You can do a scene as simple as blindfolding your partner and feeding them strawberries, right? That's not too crazy. Even even the most uh, down-to-earth vanilla sex therapist and sex coaches would say, you know, do something like that. But the principles of DS are actually so amazing that they're actually present even in that little strawberry scene. You don't really need to go ahead and buy whips and chains and leather outfits. The name of the game is take control and give up control. So if you think you would enjoy taking the position of blindfolding your lover, having them lean back, having them not know exactly what's coming next, whether you're gonna gently caress their knee, whether you're gonna run the back of your hand across their cheeks, whether you're gonna maybe uh, run a feather across their belly or their forearm, the game is the same. You are taking control, you're telling your lover, lay back, just receive, give up control, surrender, just receive this experience. So, the entire, entire DS paradigm can start with a scene as simple as that.
1: So, you have stated in your book that women want to be ravished by their lovers, and their lovers come in and they're kind of duh. They don't know what to do.
0: Is this well, I think men are, men are terrified these days to take control because we are talking ad nauseum about toxic masculinity, about how aggression is bad, about how assertiveness is bad. We want our men to cry these days. We want our men to express their feelings. And I'm like, you know, I am as I, and you won't find a bigger stand for men being in touch with their emotions, for men being in touch with who they truly are, for men being unrepressively masculine. And that means being nurturing. That means loving people wholeheartedly. But that also means saying yes to all the, all the characteristics that have traditionally been considered masculine. We didn't just invent those. We didn't just come up with that list in some dark room of cigar-smoking macho <laughs> men. These are really old characteristics that have that are true and tried and that have grown and evolved through generations of men and women uh, picking each other's characteristics. Women have selected what is attractive in men. Women have always selected what is attractive in men. And if the men today are aggressive and assertive, that's because those are the men that women selected to mate with. But today, women are saying, we don't want those men. They are saying, we want really delicate men. We want men who have no sign of aggression. We want men who are not assertive. Okay, uh, I am I'm actually totally fine with that paradigm also, but then the same women, at least in my world, in my community, will come forward and say, hey, um." how do I get my man to dominate me? (laughs) I'm like, I can't help ya. I really can't help ya. Pick a side, really pick a side. You cannot kill a man for his assertiveness. You cannot kill a man for his inclination to take charge of you, to give you an experience, to hold the door for you, or to take you on a ride, and then expect it to magically show up in the bedroom. And, And I see men in terrible conflict around this I see women terribly frustrated. They're terribly divided between their political agenda and their erotic agenda because the two are not meshing these days. This is the biggest conflict I'm seeing in the female psyche right now. Yes, absolutely. It's huge. So... it. it, It's huge, and it's like, it's too big for me to solve, certainly. I'm just observing it at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm like really observing this phenomenon at a massive scale. And what is, you know, interestingly, what this is creating in the modern woman is a deep shadow. Oh, my goodness. When your desires become so unacceptable, when your real desires become more and more unacceptable, you end up creating a very deep shadow. And today, I am seeing the modern woman creating, really, she's like tying herself up in knots. She doesn't know how to resolve her politics with her sensuality. Because the fantasies haven't changed. Even the feminists will agree that much. Even they will fess up that, yes, even we have those fantasies, but what to do about them, whether to really reconcile your politics with your bedroom, I really don't know. You tell me. (laughs) well
1: people have to get real that's all no matter what happened in the past we are creating a new reality as we go along we create the future now so whatever it is that we want in the future whatever it is that we're craving and desiring no matter what the consequences were of the women's movement no matter what the consequences of were of rape and pillage and all the things, but witch burning, I don't care. Like, the history is just a memory, and it only exists in the brain as and in history books. We right. don't have to create that as we move forward. We can create the world that you see and the world that I see. All we have to do is get clear about what we want.
0: I totally agree. And, you know, the one pointer I offer people is just keep your keep your attention on this one, one gradient. If you're truly on the path to liberation, you will feel more and more integrated in your system. If you truly are heading towards freedom, more and more aspects of your subconscious will feel free to come to the conscious aspect and you'll be able to integrate them and live them. You'll be able to integrate those parts of you. And if you're actually not on the path to liberation, you will do what I actually see what's happening these days which is your shadow is actually gonna get darker and bigger. So this is a very ironic thing to watch happening, that in the name of liberation, in the name of equality, in the name of justice, we are creating a deeper shadow. And I don't know whether this has always happened, I don't know whether revolutions have always created this dichotomy, but I certainly feel like I'm watching it a live show right now in this country. And not just this country, really, in most Western cultures. Yes,
1: I agree, I agree. Well, we need to uh, wind down now, and it's been my pleasure having you. So let me fi- let's tell people how they get the book, prerequisite to ecstasy. How would they uh, go about getting that from you?
0: The book is available on uh, iBooks, from Apple. It's available on Kindle for digital readers, and it's also available in print, from Amazon, Amazon print. So that's. So act- just-
1: it's actually prerequisites. Plural.
0: Prerequisites to ecstasy, yes.
1: Right. And I listen, I highly recommend it. I I it's not just because Ohm's my friend. I read it and I grew from it. And any book that I read it's it's different from going, yeah, I know that, I know that, I know that. What are they saying new? That's kinda how I felt about the secret. Sorry everyone. But <laughs> prerequisites to ecstasy, I uh, it was new stuff. It was great and and Ohm and I are in the same world uh, of of transformation and I still felt like it influenced me and made a tremendous difference as far as I was concerned. So prerequisites to ecstasy, Amazon and Kindle. What about hardcover? Or also you know, for Amazon. Oh, or or soft cover. Is it hardcover or is it paper? It's a, it's a paperback. Okay, great. Great, great, great. Yeah.
0: Amazon will give you both options. You can buy a paperback or you can buy Kindle
1: and when you read the book, sit down with, next, with it next to your journal because uh, you're going to need to do some writing, whoever you are. This book will transform a lot of elements of your life, I promise. Okay, Om, um, any last piece before we have to say goodbye?
0: There's so many pieces, so <laughs> let me just say goodbye. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean pursue your desires. Give, give some, uh, don't shortchange your eros. That's the message I give over and over in the book. And I think our society culture is, has been shortchanging its eros for hundreds of years. And I don't, I actually don't see the tide turning yet. I think people are still shortchanging their eros. Even though the hookup culture is on the rise, I think the depth of human eros is still going neglected. So my encouragement is really don't consign your erotic selves to a very small portion of your life. Your eros is big. Respect it a little bit and pursue it and give it room in your life.
1: Wow, it's a great one. Thank you so much, Om, for being my guest. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for writing your book, doing your play, and all the creative things that you do. Yeah. Yeah, and I look forward to us seeing each other again in the not-too-long future. Everybody, thank you for being my listeners today on Sex and Happiness. I couldn't or wouldn't do this show without you. I mean, you're the essential ingredient. I'm not talking just into the void. I'm talking to you most of the time. I have an exciting announcement. I'm not sure if she's going to be on the next show, but I'm thinking she is. I recently met Suzanne Summers. She talked about bioidentical hormones and sex life and she has agreed to come on sex and happiness yeah that's Suzanne Summers from Three's Company everyone knows who she is anyway she's an amazing speaker and she did say yes to me so I'm going to try to get her on the next show so tune in that next time to sex and happiness this is Laurie Handlers signing off
0: Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here
4: next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness.